People have been talking about Batman versus Superman, Team Captain America versus Team Iron Man. Well, today we're going to do the comedy side of things. Sketch versus improv comedy. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. As we said last episode, Kelly's going to be taking a little break for the next couple just because she's busy with a new show and projects and such. So, yeah, it gives me a great opportunity to have uh, different guests on the podcast. Uh, Just to get all the plugs out of the way, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes so that you don't miss any of our new episodes coming out. And it also gives us an opportunity with that review for new people to find us. I'm also trying to make this podcast available on as many podcast listening devices as possible, such as Podbean, Stitcher, Blueberry. I keep forgetting that Blueberry is actually a thing, but it is. Also, just uh, generally catch uh, Entertainment Buffet on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or just our regular website, entertainmentbuffet.com. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that jazz. Plug, plug, plug. And, uh, yeah, so let's introduce our guest, Cassie Ayers, everyone. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, Cassie. So, uh, why don't you tell the, uh, the listeners just a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. Uh, yeah, I'm a Minnesota native. I've been in Chicago for seven years. I do a lot of sketch comedy. Uh, I direct, I do improv, and, uh, I just wrote a musical, so... Wow. I dabble in the comedies. Many, many com- uh, comedy hats on Cassie here. So, uh, where I first found you was a little, uh, sketch show on the YouTube called Lake Effect, where you guys did, uh, six episodes? Yeah, six. Six, where you guys would do usually a couple sketches, each one, and one thing I just, I noticed was you guys had a large cast, you had, uh different types of comedy with the sketches and great production value and I was like oh god I gotta I gotta see if Entertainment Buffet and these guys can collaborate on something and that's where actually at our first live show back in January you guys performed not one but three sketches with us it was a blast (laughs) yeah it was definitely interesting to see you guys like I said since you have multiple members in your crew you can do many different avenues uh, opposed to some improv troops or sketch groups were kind of smaller you guys have a very diverse uh, set of talent with you guys so, uh, what uh, what projects are you currently up to? You said a musical and... Yeah, so I wrote, uh, actually my boyfriend and I, Anthony, we wrote a musical uh, comedy, dark comedy, one act, uh, this January, and that opened up in April. So by the time this airs, it will be closed, but... Sad. Yeah, we had a great <laughs> run with that, and that's something I'm very proud of that I'm working on right now. Uh, and then after that, I'm just working, uh, my friend Molly's doing a solo show I'm directing, directed another sketch show, and I'm really excited because the same group that brought you Lake Effect is going to be doing a 22-minute pilot this summer. We're going to film it and then hopefully try to get it into New York Film and Television Fest. Wow, that is awesome. Follow me on Facebook, Cassiers, and uh, (laughs) just check for my updates. Sounds good. But you know what I will plug? Uh, I'm on an all-female improv group called Dang Judy Dench, 
And we do various shows around the city at the crowd and other places. But we got a show in the Chicago Improv Festival on May 5th at 7.30 p.m. in the Beat Lounge at Second City. Awesome. So, yeah, go check out her and the rest of her troupe there uh, at the awesome Second City. So uh, before we get to the meat of the podcast, I would like to always do an LOL of the week, which could be a picture, a meme, video, story, whatever. So I'll kind of kick things off mine. Uh, Like it has been recently, there's just been a lot of memes that have been getting me. Cassie, I'm not sure if you're a Star Wars fan at all. Uh, But there's this meme going around that uh, after Star Wars Force Awakens, where there's a lightsaber that's calling to Rey, there's one (laughs) that because it's Luke's and before uh, him it was Anakin's, it was like this lightsaber that killed 30 orphans, 30 children, it calls to you. (laughs) I don't know why. It's the simplicity of, you know, it took something that is supposed to be, you know, so hopeful, like, oh, the lightsaber's calling to her, and it's reminding you, hey, remember that? fucked up. Remember that thing that slaughtered (laughs) children? Exactly. It's just, it's so simple. And like I said with my meme on the last episode with the Batman Riddler one, like sometimes the simplest of memes (laughs) is just funnier than anything uh, going around on the internet right now. So Cassie, do you have yourself an LOL of the week? I do. I love that this is a segment in which we describe things that we, the viewers at home cannot see, uh, which is hilarious. So this is a video. Maybe I can play a part of it just for effect. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we can um, see how it goes. But it's one of those classic scare prank videos where somebody awesome. runs up on you with a camera in their hand and they scare you. Uh, but this one is a young man, and upon screaming, he just changes it into chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love that. <laughs> That's awesome. He recovers insanely well, and he doesn't like Sia. He realizes that he gets scared in the situation and turns it into a musical number. That's how I like to deal with things. Oh, the, yeah. That, maybe that's why you had the musical project. You were just like, oh, I have this funny idea. Fuck it. Let's make it a musical. <laughs> I'm scared. I'll just make it. Yeah. So um, let's, uh, let's dive into uh, the main topic of this episode, which is sketch comedy versus improv comedy. So I'll kind of start off with just my uh, little experience with both. I don't have as much improv experience. I took uh, levels A and B at Second City uh, in, here in Chicago, but uh, decided to not uh, keep pursuing it, not because I didn't like it, but just because I was focusing on actually graduating from Columbia and didn't want to <laughs> neglect my actual uh, classes that I was taking. And I think I just always gravitated away from improv because I was I'm not as good at improv on stage as I am when I'm recording web shows or videos. I think I'm just more of the improviser that can just come up with little things, but we're recording it, so if it's not good, we can get rid of it. (laughs) Opposed to on the spot. (laughs) Uh, So I definitely have more experience when it comes to sketch. Uh, I've written sketches for Entertainment Buffet and uh, in classes at Columbia and such. So uh, Cassie, if you want to just say a little bit of your experience yeah. with both uh, both these avenues well, of comedy. Improv is definitely the thing that got me into comedy, so that's always got a kind of like a uh, soft spot in my heart. But I did, so I started improv when I was in Minnesota in high school, 
And then I moved to Chicago, and I was very... I majored in theater directing at Columbia, so I was okay. like, oh, I'm going to do, like, all this artsy theater. I love Shakespeare. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be such a legitimate director. But then I got on an improv team here, and that kind of just took over my life. And the whole comedy scene in Chicago swept me up, and I was like, fuck basic theater. <laughs> Let's make some shit up. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of stole me. But then it's interesting, because I feel like a lot of improvisers, if you do it long enough... So now I've been doing it for, like, seven or eight years... People go on funny roller coasters kind of with that or like love hate or I don't know, maybe I just did. So if you talked to me like a year ago, I was like, fuck improv, like improv is so dumb, I'm so over it. But now in the last maybe six months, I've gotten into improv like so much more than I ever had. And I feel like things finally after all this time have started clicking and like it's the most fun. And I don't know if that's just because I do other things now, so it has less stakes in my life mm-hmm. and now I'm teaching improv a lot so I think that's also one of the reasons why I'm getting better at improv oh but like you, where do you teach improv? so I teach at the revival okay uh and I've just I've taught kids improv for a couple of years with some summer camps but now I'm starting to teach adults and I feel like that is just like opening the way I play in my position in the improv world so that's like very exciting to me because right now I'm not doing improv for any kind of like career advancement I'm just doing it to like have a blast connect with people and laugh and like Turns out that's the key mm-hmm. to being good at improv is not giving a fuck about it. <laughs> See, I think, yeah, I think the reason I wanted to try improv at Second City was because I do stand-up and uh, I wanted to kind of study it in a way for not just like, say, I get a heckler, but if something happens to where I forget my material or all of a sudden they give me more time or something, like I could just be able to adapt and, you know roll with the punches and keep going on to a different tangent or be able to recoup. I I figured it was a way to just make myself better as a comedic performer and stand-up or just with my sketches is kind of opening my mind to improv. Uh, Now, you also have sketch experience, obviously, with Lake Effect. Yeah, and I actually... um, So, well, I did the comedy studies semester at Second City, and that kind of got me into sketch in the first place. And that's really where I learned to use improv to develop sketch material. So then I really got on that jam for a while. I was like, fuck improv as like a performance uh, art Mm -hmm. form. Like, hell yeah, improv as a tool to create written work. So then that's kind of like what I got in that groove. And then this last year, I got into the directing program at Second City. So they only take like six people. And that's just an intensive year-long program to study directing for sketch comedy, which is like such a weird niche thing. Yeah. But like, I'm lucky enough that I get to study that for a year. So that's very exciting to me, too. No, you brought up a great point that I actually I was going to bring up at some point, too, which is I've discussed with various friends like yourself that are in improv and sketch or stand-up or they're kind of studying it all where, like you said, improv can be a great tool to think of a sketch. And it, like you said, you don't need to necessarily use it uh, on stage to come up with scenes, but you could just do it, you get a group of friends together, just improv at, at your apartment, and then yeah. all of a sudden you'll come up with this scene that you're like, wait, let's take that idea and see if we can develop that into a sketch. So I think that's why maybe I always gravitated more towards sketch was because you're taking the best ideas of improv and sure, kind and of polishing ref- them. Yes, refining them to where they're the funniest that they can be. With Lake Effects, um, you took on more the director producer role than you did performing. Now, you said you guys would kind of improv the scenes 
Now, how much improving did you do? Did you guys just have a session where you all came together, you improved a bunch of stuff, and then you took out the best ideas? Or how did you narrow down to like these six episodes? Like, all right, these are the ones we want to do. Yeah, it kind of worked. So I have a big background, like I said, in Second City style sketch comedy theater, right? And I like just uh, assistant directed the main stage of Second City. So this is like a very specific process. And that kind of has had a big effect on the way I do things. So the way the rehearsals were structured is we would meet and for probably five, six, I don't know, maybe even longer, like eight weeks, every week uh, the group would come in and there would be a new prompt. So like this week, let's everybody bring in a premise for a group scene. And the majority of them were just pitches. So then we would come in and they'd be like, okay, this is a scene where we're in a hibachi grill and this couple, these two people are couples and this is their attitude. And then we would see what happened. So then after we watched that, I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, cool. Okay, so it seems like this is the game we found in the scene. Like as an outside opinion, I saw that there's this game. Like, let's hit it harder. Let's play the game now where we're very passively, aggressively, like in love with each other. And now let's try it again with that add-on. And then we would just go and discuss it. And then, so we do that for, like, weeks. So then at the end of that, we had, like, 40, 50 sketches. Wow. So then from that, we're like, let's kill our babies. Like, we decide. <laughs> we're very, we wanted it to be an ensemble piece. So we, balance was, like, the biggest thing. We wanted everybody to have, like, equal stage time. So already you can start being like, well, we know we want to do this scene, and Caitlin's going to be the star of this scene. So we're going to have to kill one of the other scenes that Caitlin's in because it's, like, somebody else's turn to be the mm-hmm. lead in this scene. And then it just kind of came together. And then we paired them with these little short cold opens. We kind of had this land of an idea that this is all in a similar world. So we started to try to figure out like characters that lived in a similar world. And I don't know. We got there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no. then we would just keep re-improvising. Then you come back. So then eventually you get down to the beats. So then we're like, okay, cool. What's the most, what do we need to establish at the top of the scene? What's important for them to know where we are, who we are? So you tell them that. So we wouldn't ever say, like, these are the lines. It would just be, like, make sure at the top of the scene, Caitlin, you're going to establish that you're at a hibachi grill, and Harrison's going to establish that you've never met before. Okay. And then we're going to do some talk. We don't know what that's going to be like, but then we're going to get to the climax where Harrison's going to scream at everybody. So the cool thing is, like, every time you do it, it's different, and you're actually playing off of each other, but you know, like, once we hit this beat, we're on to a new section. Okay. Yeah, no, it's... It's weird, like, the way you were describing that was almost exactly like how uh, me and uh, a friend from high school, Charlie Duber, we did, back when, like, YouTube was kind of still getting off the ground, uh, this is way back, like, 2010, when I was uh, finishing up high school, we uh, we loved the show, the sketch uh, internet show, uh, Jake and Amir, or the web series, I guess you could call it, but they were almost like mini sketches, mm-hmm. and you can tell that that was very heavily improv between the two. And so, like, what we would do is, like, what you said, where it's, like, all right, this is where we're starting, this is where we're going to end, and, like, maybe here's a middle part, but then we'll fill in the blanks. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's where, uh, like I said, it was, it was nice to kind of improv and come up with stuff, but it's weird. I think when I started uh, writing more in school is where I kind of was grabbing, gravitating away from uh, improv as much and wanted to, like, okay... I want to write and rewrite and rewrite and then bounce off with other people ideas to how do I get the funniest thing and then like that's what we're going to shoot. Now like I would allow my actors to improv on set but I would always be like all right we're going to get at least a couple takes like this. Now you guys like you said you didn't really write much at all. Yeah I think it's a couple things though is like 
That's just because I think a big part of the reason it works for us is that that is just how the majority of this ensemble's brain works. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's unless like some of them are very talented improvisers, and that's not to say or they're just the type of improviser that approaches improv in a grounded and acting way. And I think that's different than some people improvise where they're all about the game or they're about the funny. But I feel like that's not as usable in a writing place because if you're just gonna go for punchlines, well, sitting down at a piece of paper and coming up with. 10 different alternatives for a punchline is going to be way more successful than trying to think of them on top of your feet. Yeah. But we use the improv, I think, more from like a character standpoint to really understand what this character is like. And then we'll have a discussion that's like, well, what's the funniest place to put this character, like location to put them in? So I don't know. So maybe it's the people. And like you also just, the process is hard. Like you just have to get the right process down and it doesn't work with everybody. And you have to have somebody who's got a certain like, I don't know. I think for some reason our like effect group worked out is that we all just kind of fit into a nice puzzle. Mm-hmm. We all kind of balanced each other out in a way and all feel different. We're like little sports team. You okay. know, so we have like someone who's defensive and somebody <laughs> who is a good at finishing and putting those go- soccer balls in the goal. Uh, <laughs> I played soccer. That's the only reference I can make. <laughs> but you get the idea. So like, yeah, I don't know. I think writing, or I, I think the improv route is wonderful but I also think it has to be kind of the right uh setup in perfect storm for it do you feel like that like bogs you down by trying to remember these lines specifically opposed to just kind of winging it well when you uh I don't know a couple things on that it's interesting because we don't write it down but after you've done it we'll do it so many times that it will essentially become verbatim uh so I think that kind of happens naturally and I don't know. I don't feel bogged down by a script too much. I think it's a it's fun. It's a fun change. Like I don't get asked to do many scripted things, and when I do, it's like very exciting for me. So okay. I don't. To me, it's just a nice change. I don't know. I don't necessarily have opinion one way or the other. I think when creating something as an ensemble, it's much easier to create it without a script. So if I'm doing a sketch show and one of my actors hands me a script, I'm like, I don't even want to look at the words on paper. I just want you to present it to me, and I'm going to tell you what I observe. Because the audience is never going to see it on paper. Like, it's just a matter of how it's perceived. So that's, uh, so I think as an ensemble, it's better to do it collaboratively collaboratively and improv but I think if it's like you and one other person like writing's awesome like yeah. I'm so excited to get more into writing so I think it's not that I think that's a better process that's just happened to be the process that like worked for us that's one thing that I noticed when I lived in Chicago and started seeing more live shows is the ensemble portion there are some improvisers out there that they have uh, two person teams and not that the, that they're all not funny yeah. I just for me, as an audience member, I would be watching, and then so many scenes would end up just the two people talking at each other. Sure. Opposed to, like you said, where you have like five, six, seven different people, you'll have three people in this scene, then you'll have two, and then you have that many more people knowing, like, all right, this scene's really not working, we're going to cut away. Yeah. When there's only two of them, <laughs> you have to hope that yeah. one of them knows that the scene's not working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, with there's two of you in your group, there's four or five of you that'll one of you will like, you know what, the the crowd isn't feeling this one, we're gonna yeah, cut to the next back. one. Yeah. Um That's so, what I love about improv is like this concept that 
we're not going to bring into the scene like a cathedral. We're going to each bring a brick. And brick by brick, we're going to add until we make this weird fucked up cathedral. So that's like the amazing <laughs> thing is like when someone enters the room and they're like clearly 80 years old and they're like using a walker and then like another student will come on and be like, yo, what's up, Tony? Happy 18th birthday. Now you've got like an 18-year-old who's got like such a bad like physicality that he's like needs a walker. Like yeah. that scene is so much more interesting than this like dope grandma character you had like lined up. Exactly. So to me, that's like the kind of the magic of improv. <clears throat> I think it's harder and I think with an ensemble, it's definitely difficult with mm-hmm. like eight people. Like the more people you have, it is like a lot of cooks in the kitchen sometimes. But I also think you come up with more unique and kind of like strange mashes of ideas like a mashed potato of ideas so like one thing i brought up was kind of one of the negatives of improv do you have any negative uh shows or maybe a scene that you did or maybe any just negative experiences that you're like man you know sometimes it just like you said you're like sometimes fuck improv yeah you know there's been a share there's a lot of different ways to have a bad improv set um I think lately the thing that's just been, like, guiding me is just, I don't know, I found just more of a freedom on stage and just an openness and fun and play. It's pretty silly, but I feel like it took me, like, seven years to just fully, like, play and have fun on stage. And I thought I was, but now I realize, like, no, I'm actually doing that. So I think, like, I've spent, I don't know, I've been on whole teams where I feel like I never really, like, reached my potential or I just made, like, safe, boring choices. To me, that's the worst improv, and that's, like so much improv you'll see across the city is people doing very good technical improv saying yes and and doing all the rules but not actually like finding the play in it sometimes dabbled in making too safe of choices do you remember maybe an instance where like you said the easy goal in that other scene that we gave an example of you were like all right i'm gonna be this cool you know sassy uh (laughs) mouthy 80 year old grandma or i could be this or like do you remember maybe instances? Yeah, well, let me... Um, so I'll tell you about the worst improv set that awesome. I can recall, because that sounds, like, more interesting. Yeah. Um, so I was on a college improv team called Drop-In Science. They're still around, but this was back in, like, 2000... This is probably 2009, 2010. Uh, and we were all baby improvisers, and a lot of us actually ended up being in Irving or that Lake Effect group. So <laughs> we did a show... And one of our performers, Harrison, uh, he was a baby. He was a freshman, and he had lived in Texas his whole life. And he was just very, like, he wasn't woke. Like, he was a very nice guy and not, uh, he's definitely, like, an ally to women and people. But he, like, just didn't get, like, how the modern, like, uh, liberal world worked. Mm -hmm. So, like, very early on into the set, which, by the way, was at a college improv tournament at noon. So it was, like, improv set at noon, which is already, like, a... horrible position to be in (laughs) so we're performing for like probably a dozen people at noon Mm. and uh not going the show's already not going very well it's very quiet no one likes what we're doing and so there's this scene taking place where like this dad is yelling at his kids for like sneaking out late and he gestures to this girl who was playing like a 10 year old girl and he said yeah last night was horrible when he snuck out karen got raped and he just drops a, like, not even a rape joke. He just drops a rape reference, like, says a character got raped, like, right away in the scene. And the room changes instantly. Like, everyone's just like, <gasps> and again, it's like noon. It's not like drunk people. It's just like, everyone's like, that's so fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so then this is what made it worse is like, 
again, we were new improvisers, and we were like, you got to say yes and. Like, there's no wrong choices. we got to support ideas to make it right. And you so, were the Karen that he said... No. Oh, okay. uh, so So then what happened was we started doing, like, tagouts, and, uh, yeah, I came in and I was like, I rape love you. Like, we tried to make rape love into a thing. Where okay. We just replaced, like, love with rape love. Like, we tried to give it a new definition. But, like, this did still not, did not go over well. So we did, like, four, <laughs> so there's multiple scenes after the initial rape scene where people were like, I rape love you, don't leave me, you were my first rape love. Like, where we just put the word rape in front of love, like, to give it a new definition. But it didn't work. Like, people still don't like the word rape, even if you put it next to the word love. Yeah, yeah. And it was horrible. And uh, this was for a competition, and we did not advance to the next round because we made the whole set about rape. <laughs> so See, uh, any new improvisers at home that's an easy thing to avoid <laughs> avoid Just avoid rape don't do rape in your show <laughs> you guys doing it on stage and trying to turn rape funny like I could never do that I don't think anyone can do that <laughs> <laughs> I would I would have just been like so, does anyone else have a suggestion? Yeah, well... I heard waffles. In There's hindsight, some... probably would have been much better to so just <laughs> disregard that in some capacity. Yeah, so, um... Now, obviously, we've talked a lot about Lake Effect, but you guys also do sketch uh, or with Irving or with uh, Dang Judy Dench. You guys also do sketch on stage. Yeah. Do you have... Uh, Maybe either, maybe your favorite or your least favorite experience as far as maybe a sketch you, for example, you've worked on and maybe it worked somewhere else, but then this night, it just, that crowd was dying. Like, are any situations oh, like that? Let me think. I feel like there's got to be a lot, probably. But I also like take joy. I love bombing. I think it's so, <laughs> I don't know. I like getting a reaction that isn't laughter from an audience. So like a shock or something but I also think it's so funny when you go up there and you will do like a set or a show and just bomb for the whole time because it's like so absurd that these people had to sit through it and just hate what you're doing <laughs> uh, so I did a show called Queefer Madness back in the day I was a performer and it was a whole show about female stoners so sketch comedy catered towards high people but also we were all women and it was kind of like just a commentary on that culture uh, but we did a show we did a scene where the bit of the scene was just that we all had really bad camel toes. We all wore these, like, super tight spandex uh, leggings, and we would just hike them up, like, <laughs> really hard into our vaginas. Uh, so we had, like, very, uh, yeah, in-your-face camel toes. And then it would get more ridiculous. Like, yeah. the women at the end had, like, things stuffed in there to make the, the <laughs> oh, camel toe look, like, so absurd. Super high art show here. Um... But one night, uh, my, I'm on stage with my friend, and I look over, and she would start the scene, like, doing yoga, and then she'd turn around, and reveal we'd, like, reveal a camel toe, right? So you'd see us, like, from behind. So she was, like, her butt to the audience bending over, and I look, and her tights, her leggings had, like, split. So there was uh. just a huge hole, like, in her asshole, showing <laughs> her underwear uh, before a very tasteful camel toe scene. Yeah. So... <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't even... And I, I, now I'm like, okay, I guess that doesn't make much of a difference. It was a pretty, like, trashy scene to begin with. But, but I, would, I would not have known how to react as the other person or if I was that person. Yeah. I just wouldn't Because you're know. like, how do you... Yeah, exactly. You can't really stop it when you're in it, but you're also, like, trying to tell your friend not to show their butthole to the audience. Because the crowd's probably like, is this part of it? Exactly. <laughs> and it's a very hard thing to top, because if you start with butthole, it's like, well... 
just the shape of a pubic mound under a pair of pants <laughs> is actually like less funny, you know? Yeah. Or you want to heighten it. Yeah. But it's hard to heighten off a butthole. <laughs> These are things. Two buttholes? Hard. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. damn it, you're right. I guess the answer to that was that's, tore my own pants. That's the only like that's uh, the only thing I could think of, but like that's, that's not. That's what I should have done. Is that necessarily better? So if you guys want to check out uh, on YouTube uh, our Entertainment Buffet live show, we have all the clips, almost all of them. We're just getting to the end of them. Uh, one of your fr uh, three sketches that you guys did uh, with Irving was the uh, that you were a band that just yeah. came in. It was like the first one we uh, one of the first ones we posted, and you brought up not necessarily going for laughter, but just a moment. And I remember one, and it was you actually in particular, which is why I'm bringing this up was. The, the the do you want to kind of explain what the sketch was before sure. I get to it? So this is a sketch in recent history that I don't know. It probably didn't go that. It didn't land that hard. But uh, we, it was just this idea that we were like a band. We had him introduce us as like a fake band name, and it was this idea that we had like just gotten off our tour bus and we were running late. So we like all ran on with these like dumb instruments and took off yeah, our coats. like a banjo. Yeah, and, like, it was like none of it was gonna go together. And uh, the bit was just that we were setting up, and that by the time we finally got set up to play the song, that our time would be done and we'd be pulled. So it yeah. was just like us. It was very hilarious. Yeah. There was no, not much dialogue. And yeah. It was just us setting up to do a gig, which is really not that funny. But. And see, well, at first, the audience was kind of confused because they thought you were an actual band yes, coming. Yeah. So that's where, like, the it's already starting off. But the moment that I'm specifically getting to was, like you said, you keep interrupting because so-and-so, well, where's Tyler? You know, he doesn't oh, have yeah. his harmonica. Yeah. And then... The, the part I'm getting to was you're like, oh, wait, we have merch. And you run to the back to grab a board that has fake merch on it. And you come out and you're holding it. And then Caitlin says, you know, we have merch if anyone wants to buy it. <laughs> and then you fell with the board because <laughs> I don't mean this in a bad way, but yeah. you're a little bit shorter. Yeah. And you, there was this huge board. And, yeah. like, you know, you fell and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, shit. And, like, what was funny yeah. was I was like, oh, oh, shit. Like, did she actually fall? So that you actually hear in the video, like, there's kind of, like, a yes. gasp of the audience. That's what's funny. We were so, we thought it was a fun idea because we wanted to trick the audience. But then we didn't think we'd actually trick them. And it was kind of confusing. Like, that's why we didn't, I don't think we got that much laughter. Because people were genuinely just trying to figure out what was happening. Yeah. Which I kind of love, too. Because <laughs> I just feel like we pranked very them a little bit. It's very Andy kaufman -esque. Yeah, it was very, like, anti humor so then in rehearsal we were just fucking around with it and i had that big board it didn't have merch on it at that point but i kept pretending it was crushing me yeah and we all thought this was like just funny that like this person would be crushed by the merch board but then i did it on stage and there was there was no laughter there yeah. was just sounds of concern that i was hurt and yeah. i was like oh this is like but i think what kind of got like like a laugh or, or so later yeah. after people got it was when you got up, you're like, I got it. I got it. You know? <laughs> because, you know, the other, your other, uh, castmates are trying to, you know, like help you with it. And then you're just like, I got it. Okay. I got it. Like, yeah. and then I think that's where they kind of got the, like, okay. Now when it comes to sketch, uh, we, we were just talking about, for example, like this one you did with Irving. Now, do you have any, just like I said, um, the split tights one. That was sketch or improv? That was sketch. Okay. Um, Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote that. Um, have, have you ever had like an instance where, w with a sketch that you you had, it was all planned out, you know, all the beats, you know, like I said, maybe the funny ending, all that, but maybe it just, it was getting laughs in areas you didn't suspect 
or perhaps mm. uh, you were getting laughs in the beginning, but then you're getting towards the end, big joke, and then like that one didn't stick. Like anything like that where it's laughs in just places you didn't think would be getting laughter. My friend, I was in a sketch show called the Chicago, My Chicago Valentine. Yeah, it was like a Valentine's show, right? So like a show about love. Uh, and my friend wrote me this sketch where it was like a first, it was like a young teen heartthrobs like back at the house for the first time and like, oh, my parents aren't home, like this kind of scene. And he just like, he told me, he's like, I just wanted to write you something like totally vulgar. So he wrote me this like gross ass scene where I'm just like, I'm on my period. Like, <laughs> it's going to be like the red wedding in there and just like gross shit. I like, I reveal I have a tail, like... <laughs> It's just gross. Like, I'm going to give... I just talk about giving blowjobs, like, using a lot of teeth and how my tongue is, like, sandpaper. So just, like, nasty, dumb shit. And it was, like, so dumb on paper. And we were like, I don't know how if anyone is going to like this. But that one, like, slayed. Like, people in the audience loved hearing me just describe, like, horrific, gross detail, like, my body and, like, sexual... Because you set up that, you know, your character was sort of, like, this sweet, innocent girl. Yeah. And then the the joke is obviously that you say the most absurd, ridiculous, (laughs) grotesque Yeah, and there were all such weird, specific things. And I think, like, if you don't know me, like you said, like, I don't think I look intimidating or, like, I don't know, I look, I'm just, like, a Midwestern, like, short lady. (laughs) And I look younger for my age. So, like, I think it was just very unexpected. So that's funny, too, is, like, you forget, like, people's perceptions of you. Because if you know me, I, like, swear and I'm gross and all these things. (laughs) So then when people, like, saw me in my little, like, show dress, like, saying horrible things, apparently that was a hit. But the lake effect thing has been interesting just because I'll ask people, like, what their favorite scenes are. And, like, I know what my favorite scenes are, what I think is the most well-written or the best performed. But then you get, like, all these different mix of answers. Or, like, my family, like, loves... Like, the first episode is all about a girl having diarrhea. And, Mm -hmm. like, my family loves that one. That's their favorite. And they just, like... It's very the heirs family to be in the like the poop jokes, <laughs> but then like uh, there's one called Chattakiki Biscuit and it's just about these like gross drug like kids from the suburbs, and a drug deal that goes on. And to me, I think it's like so funny because I feel like I know those characters, but my parents were like that one's just sad. Like that one just depressed me because these kids are like have sad lives. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like you just don't. Well, it's not like, oh, it's so smart, you don't get it, but it's mostly just like, oh, like, this is a kind of a generational thing, or, like, you don't know these people, so why would you find it funny? Like, it's kind of a character study. And this isn't even when I made uh, some sketches recently. It was more when I was kind of getting Entertainment with Face started, which, uh, like, my first two that I did, one was called Doctor Doctor, where the scene is, uh, it's so stupid, his, uh, his name is doctor and he's a doctor so it's doctor doctor and you know the other person's just like you know is that like your real name like kind of laughing at him he said yes it's it's dutch (laughs) and like i don't know why him proclaiming like it's mainly daniel at the performer just when he declared like yes it's dutch (laughs) like i found that funny but like anytime i'd watch it like you said with a family member or someone like that was one of those jokes that like just went over everyone's head Mm. and then uh as we started getting to towards the end of the sketch where is like you know, the doctor's trying to be all pal with him, uh, avoiding giving him these test results. And then he's like, you know, just give me the test results. Um, meanwhile, the, the patient's all like, is it skin cancer? Is it this? Is it No, no. And then, oh, what is it then? It's skin cancer. You know? <laughs> and, like, there were some people that, like I said, I, it was kind of supposed to be a build to this. And then people were like, 
oh, like, that's kind of, you know, a little dark. <laughs> I was like, what? No, like, there's a build, and, you know, it's, uh, like, look at these performances that really took this <laughs> average script and made it funny. Yeah. But then I wrote this other one called Communo Writer's Block, where it's just five people who are coming up with shitty ideas that cannot come up with a sketch. Yes. And it's like, at the time, you know, it's like, this is funny. I had some funny people involved, but then... Uh, it got kind of botched up in editing and shooting and problems like that to where it came out. I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be bad. But then, like you said, my parents were like, oh, I really liked that one. Yeah. yeah. I was like, but you don't even, <laughs> what? Like the one that just got probably one of my least favorite projects. Yeah. That's the one you love. It's so interesting. <laughs> that's it's the crazy. one that you'll send to your coworkers yes. or, you know, like, um, look what my son's up to. I know. Gosh. It's that's the weird thing I about doing it for film. I feel like uh, you're right. You can shine it up so much more, but then it's like, it's just hard to know. How do you know if you get a list of ten jokes? Like I might think one's funny, but I'm also a comedian, so my like sense of these things is like very kind of out. Or I see a lot of comedy, you know. Mm. So for me, like I don't think Big Bang Theory is funny at oh, all. God, no, but that's the funniest show on television right now to the majority oh, of America. God. So it's like. My point of view is like that's you know, see you like that's reach. a whole thing I learned in TV like you know why that is because like America's stupid no I'm just, well it's yeah because, it's like accessible it's you know? because older people just watch CBS and NBC and ABC because exactly. they don't think there are any more channels they well, don't exactly. understand so when they hear your great skin cancer joke they're like oh you know that's a little too edgy for me because they yeah. don't ever see anything edgy like they're watching very safe comedy they're yeah they're watching so two like, and a half men and big bang theory with canned laughter yeah so it's like how do you know that's why I almost it's funny because you're like the film is more uh kind of crafted and shined up but at the same time it's like improv and sketch for stage is great because the audience lets you know right away if it's working if it doesn't work you ditch it and you try something new or if they're you're killing it and destroying then you just keep doing the same thing over and over until they stop laughing at it like it's very easy to know that because they give you that immediate feedback i think that's kind of why i've steered away like i was thinking about getting some of my written sketches performed live at the Entertainment Buffet live show, but I was just worried. I was like, is this better for film or is this better on stage? Yeah. And cause, because I have zero experience with sketch live on stage, I, I just didn't know, like, like how do I take that gamble? Where it's yeah. like this sketch that, like I said, uh, I think is funny and I think is this, but then... It could just get crickets on stage. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very difficult. So it's it's kind of like the pros and the cons of both improv. Like improv, like you said, you you can kind of realize it and get out of it. But sketch, you have this plan, and you're kind of like, all right, well, this isn't working, but we have to finish it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't just someone run across and end the sketch. Or you can sleep on it, and the next day, like, yeah. I don't know, because that's the thing, is improv, it's great that you're getting this information in the moment, but if you don't recognize it, or you're thinking, you know, you have to be very on it to, like, notice what's working. Because sometimes you're, you think you're killing it in improv, but the audience really is not having it, or whatever. Well, that's why, yeah, that's why with my stand-up, like, even, even if it's not, like, professionally recorded, like, I'll always make sure I record at least the audio with my phone, because, like, I cannot tell when I'm up there. And I think that's why, like, with improv, or, like, sketch on stage I probably wouldn't be able to tell sure. I'd probably think oh yeah that got a big laugh yeah. but then like you actually listen to it later and you're like oh it really did <laughs> there was just one guy that really yeah. loved it <laughs> there was one guy that got a big oh, kick oh my dad yeah <laughs> one guy that got a big kick out of all these you know uh, 
sandpaper tongue blowjob jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that everyone else is like, so as we're kind of uh, coming to the end of our uh, improv versus sketch uh, conversation, Cassie, is there really any other sketches that were just your favorite that really stuck out, whether it was live or with Lake Effect or anything like that? Sure. And it was fun because my boyfriend played the opposite role, so that was pretty fun. It was we were He was Batman and I was Catwoman. And there was, like, we did this Valentine's show, and then it got picked up again for another Valentine's romance show. So whatever. These are all very love-themed. So it was Batman and Catwoman, and we had, like, full costumes on. And it was, like, this really, like, sexually tense scene, right, where, like, old-school Batman and Catwoman are just, like, talking to each other. And then we went into this, like, really highly choreographed fight choreography. We, like, (laughs) brought someone in to, like, train us. So we did this, like, whole fight uh, scene between us and then it ended with like a kiss and then like a slap and I like knocked him out and then he's like lying on the floor and he's like oh ow 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 and he like <laughs> takes his mask off and I'm like oh honey like your nose you have a meeting in the morning so it was just like all this like, elaborate role play between like a nice midwestern couple that's but like with a very like highly choreographed like fight scene in the middle of it that's awesome yeah but uh so yeah this is uh we're wrapping up talked about the goods the bads of improv and sketch we we kind of see how you need improv for sketch but you need sketch for improv they're kind of together but you know sort of it's kind of a personal opinion we sort of side on the way of sketch but that's kind of because cassie's more of a director i'm more of a writer we like to prep stuff a little more but uh, we'll kind of go to our final segment of the podcast, which is I Hate People. <laughs> Cassie, I'm not sure if you heard this, but basically what we do is it's like a brief second in the podcast where we get to just vent cool. angrily about you know people we deal with in our customer service jobs that we may have had or just on the street. So mine, I'm a teller at a bank, and this one woman, this uh, there's this old woman who swears I shorted her 10 cents. <laughs> she was furious. And the, this is a week after this transaction. She yes. called and she's like, you shorted me 10 cents. And I she, I wanted to deposit this. I was like, okay. Uh, I pull up the image of her transaction, <laughs> which it was this. The, you know, the 10 cents was still with her. Yeah. She's like, no, no, no. But, but my check register says this. I was like, okay, one, why are you still using a check register? Yeah. <laughs> Everything's online. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) I've never used one because it's all online. You just look at the transactions. You're like, this is what happened. Yeah. Okay. Why do you need to balance it? And I have an image of a deposit slip that you signed and wrote yourself. (laughs) And you're like, no, but my check register says this. Yeah. And she's like, well, I want to see this. She's like furious. I was like, okay. So we printed it for her. And then she shows up. She looks at it. And she's like, I have to deposit 10 cents because someone made a mistake. So I did the deposit for it. And then she's looking at the image more and she just goes, well, I guess I made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) But she doesn't say sorry. But this person, uh, she is so, you know, stubborn that she... I suppose I made a mistake. At least she owned up to it. But, but um, she's still, but still no she should have said sorry. I know. You know, like, oh, those people are horrible. I overreacted. And what's yeah. funny and is... it's 10 cents. Okay, 10 Obviously cents. Obviously that means a lot to her, but still, like, no, that's but splitting hairs. Like, guess how much is in her account? How much? 
$30,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. I thought she was, I was like, oh, poor lady, she's retired. Like, Yeah, she, no. Like, there are some people oh, at the bank that, like, gosh. obviously I can't say names. There are some people that, like, every cent or dollar matters yeah. because they're so close to zero all the yeah. time. And they're living a paycheck to paycheck or they're servers and they're living tip to tip and like this. And This lady just didn't have anything going on that day and needed to start some drama. Ten cents? Like, how much did it cost you to drive to the bank and, oh, God, <laughs> to look right? at this image that if you had online banking, you could have pulled up your <laughs> Oh, God. So that's uh, that's another one of my bank stories. I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck this person. But uh, Cassie, do you have an I hate people? Let me think about my I hate people. Um, so I teach theater. I mean, I teach improv uh, to adults and kids, but I teach a 1030 improv class to um, six to eight year olds, which is like pretty impossible to teach those children improv. God help you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I only get paid from 10.30 to 11.30. It's just an hour. It's great. It's awesome. But I only get paid for like that hour. So I got to work early to have a meeting with another teacher. So it's like 9.45 and this parent comes in with his like six-year-old son and he's like, oh, so sorry you missed class last week. But this is week three. So already this guy doesn't realize, like, his kids already missed two of the first classes. And he yeah. doesn't even realize it. Like, this, it's 9.45. So he's, like, talking to me, introducing me to the kid. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, like, clearly meeting with this other teacher. None of the lights are on in the theater. Like, we're not open. So I'm like, oh, just so you know, the class is actually 10.30 to 11.30, not 10 o'clock. And he, like, looks at his watch. He's like, oh, okay, well, I'll tell his mom that, but, like, I got to go now. So then he looks at his <laughs> six-year-old son, 9.45, he looks at his six-year-old son and says, okay, Renee, can you, uh, can you find something to do here for, can you entertain yourself for the next half hour, 45 minutes? Oh, God. <laughs> so this dude ditches his six-year-old with me. I'm trying to have a meeting. Obviously, this kid cannot entertain himself because he proceeds to tell me all the jokes he knows <laughs> while I'm trying to have a business meeting. Yeah. Oh, Lord. So mostly just, I hate parents who, like, that's so negligent, like, to just drop your kid off with some random lady, like, 45 minutes before the class. And I don't get paid for that shit. I always like to do this then after we just vent a little bit, just take a nice breathe in. (sighs) (sighs) Fuck people. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, Cassie, it was a a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank Uh, you for having me. I love discussing just improv and sketch and all types of things. Did you want to uh, plug uh, your show again? You, yeah, you guys come are check performing. out Dang Judy Dench, D-A-A-A-N-G, Judy with I, Dang Judy Dench. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, but we've got a show in CIF on May 5th, 7.30 at Second City's Beat Lounge. Awesome. So yeah, guys, go check her out with that. Check out Lake Effect on YouTube and stay tuned. You know, uh, maybe in the next few months, maybe Cassie and her group and I can uh, collaborate on something again. Yeah. Uh, maybe another live show. We'll we'll have to see. Thanks again, Cassie. Thanks we'll for having me. We'll have to have you on again. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. See you guys. All right, Cassie. Thanks again for coming on the podcast, and we're gonna. Jump on over to Kelly with uh, her segment of Has Kelly Seen This? Her homework this week was taking a look from the awards category where she watched Oscar nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, and so many others, Mystic River, directed by Clint Eastwood. Take it away, Kelly. Let us know what you thought. Hey guys, how's it going? This week on Has Kelly Seen It? Probably not. My homework was to watch Mystic River, and my overall first impressions, great acting. The story was great. I thought the 
the backstory was very, very interesting. I can definitely see why this movie was nominated for Best Picture uh, whenever it was nominated. <laughs> um, but it it was so good, so down to earth. Definitely the characters were very relatable. The lead performances from Sean Penn, oh my god, the similarities between that little kid and who he grew up to be were just spot on. So, so amazing. Robin's really creeped me out at some points, uh, which I thought he was supposed to do. Uh, Very sad, a little bit creepy, but perfect for that. And Kevin Bacon, uh, I thought thought he was very good too. I thought that he maybe was the weakest link of the three. Uh, I think that has to do with his character though, not really his acting, because the character work of the characters Dave and Jimmy were just so, so spot on and so specific that made them very, very real. I didn't really understand why Kevin Bacon's character had that whole relationship going on with his wife, that weird thing when she would call him and not talk to him. I I understand that he left her, but I didn't really understand why that was so important to the story. Uh, Whenever they talked about it whenever she called. I was just like, oh, God, she's calling again. This has nothing to do with the movie. Marsha Gay Harden's performance was spot on as Celeste. She was honestly my favorite character in this movie. She was just so, so amazing. I love her so much. I'm so glad that I got to watch this movie with her. The twist at the end where Jimmy ended up killing the wrong guy. Oh, man. I mean, for a while, I really did think it was Dave who did it. I mean, who didn't? But I really did not expect the boyfriend's younger brother and friend to have stolen the gun and killed his daughter. That was that was just awful. I did like how they played out uh, Jimmy killing Dave and the brother finding his brother and his friend with the gun. I, I I really liked that they did that side by side instead of one and then the other. I thought that played really well into the storytelling of it. And I really liked Eastwood's direction with it. Uh, I thought he made the character seem really w- real. The world seemed really real. Nothing really seemed forced or fake about it. Yeah, I, I thought it was such a great story. Overall, great movie. I had never heard of it before uh, Brandon told me to watch it, so I'm really glad that I watch it now. Maybe not the best movie for a Sunday afternoon, but definitely, definitely a good movie to watch. Great acting, great story, and can't wait for my homework next time. Thanks, guys. All right, Kelly. Uh, thanks for letting us know how you felt about Mystic River. Definitely glad that you enjoyed that. I decided to pull your new homework from, again, uh, my top ten favorite movies of all time. I'm going to probably keep going through these until you've seen them all because I'm pretty sure I've seen all of yours. So I decided to grab uh, the number ten movie on my top ten favorite list, which was Quentin Tarantino's first feature film, Reservoir Dogs. Kelly mentioned in the past that she enjoys Inglorious Bastards and some other Tarantino work, so I figured what better way to uh, enjoy a new homework assignment by looking at a director you love at his first feature film. So I hope you enjoy that, Kelly. I'm interested to see what you think.
Thanks again for listening, everyone. And remember to please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And remember that we have new episodes coming every other Tuesday. So don't worry if there's not a new episode that week. It's because there's one coming next week. You can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Blueberry and Stitcher. I'm going to try to make this available as many areas and listening uh, sites, apps, programs as I can. And, of course, for Entertainment Buffet, please go on to our website, entertainmentbuffet.com. Go on our YouTube, subscribe so you don't miss out on new sketches, web shows, movie reviews, all that kind of stuff. We have a new YouTube show uh, that I'll be doing every uh, Monday where I'll be doing a snappy, snarky recap of Game of Thrones called Game of Thrones for Dummies. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.